Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Do it. Let's do it, baby. You're listening to the Work For It podcast. I'm Brian House, and with me in the studio is Brian Cohn, a master at his craft, someone who is dedicated to social media, to knife making, to building a life worth living. He's young. He's in his prime but he's got a long way to go. I'm just a little bit ahead of him. Two or three years, maybe. Two or three. Most. Just two or three. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to Work For It, which means we are all about business in the workshop, baby. Brian, are you ready to kick this day off? Are you ready to rock this week and plug into my favorite freaking holiday of the entire year? Oh, yeah. I'm so ready, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hit it, Brian. Let's go, baby. Let's go in. Let's work for it. Yes. I'm ready to work for it. Dude, Labor Day is always a fun time. I mean, it's always, it's like, it's the end of the summer. We know that the summer, the bottom of the hammock is almost over. It's time for people to start thinking about Christmas presents because, holy cow, the, the, the orders are coming back, right? Orders are coming back. People are kicking it into high gear, getting ready for the holidays. Believe it or not, I mean, it's like almost September, right? I mean, we are, if if the year was like a week, we're, we're almost to Thursday here. Yeah. You know? I feel like we're, it's Thursday morning. It's, it's you know, I it's time right. to get your ass to work, right? Yeah, somebody uh, made a <clears throat> comment on... Uh, I posted a YouTube short about my favorite holiday being Labor Day. And they're like, Labor Day is a fake holiday designed by the corporations to keep the working man down. What? Isn't and it the exact opposite? <laughs> well, so I, I researched the comment and I'm like, so I just typed in Labor Day fake. And there's a conspiracy. <laughs> Here we go. I was just on the makeshift podcast, by the way. Um couple episodes back and it's such a it was so good to be on there with Chris and Corey and um and then so we discussed because we did our tinfoil hat episode and mm-hmm. we didn't know this but sim- simultaneously they were recording a tinfoil hat episode with all <laughs> kinds of conspiracy theories which is really good and then the episode after me is Austin Saunders from High Caliber Craftsman all right and then, you know, they shouted me out a bunch. And that episode is really good. And if you haven't listened to Makeshift, you should. And if in specific, listen to the one with Austin because they talk all about social media strategy because Chris and Austin are both, and I didn't really realize this, but I should have, is that they're both full-time content creators. And so they're making a living doing content. And that's super valuable. Like listening to them discuss it was really interesting and they beat the living crap out of Corey because they're just like why aren't you making content you need to be making more content <laughs> Corey takes a beating in that episode but it's really really good and you should go listen to it and I appreciate all the shout outs and stuff and there's some really funny shit towards the end of the show nice I mean I I laughed there isn't a lot we were just talking about this and if you if you do a podcast don't take this the wrong way but a lot of podcasts are getting a little um long in the tooth <laughs> like they need some they need a little something to like you know revive their show because it seems like a lot of the same stuff jeff fader talks about this all the time like he's trying to combat you know the mm. the um monotony of doing a podcast every week because it's like what the fuck do you talk about all the time you know like how do you approach a podcast every week it's really sure. tough especially if you don't have a guest right if you're just like it's the same crew of guys talking it up or whatever mm. like how do you keep it interesting and for an hour at least it's it's, it's not easy but um you know me i love the sound of my own voice so <laughs> i could just talk all day about nothing but um i was but gonna anyway, say go- maybe it's time to be introspective because i mean maybe maybe it's time to start getting guests back on the main show well the, feed, the feedback i've gotten 
uh, is that they everyone loves the Brian show basically the me and you I mean right. it's uh, so that's a, a lot of positive feedback hey, a ton of positive feedback so uh, you know my take on guests I'm I people just aren't interesting enough for me I you know they <laughs> think they are they just not <laughs> you think you are but you're not so, oh jeez. Uh, it's just the way it is. Sorry. I, I'm just calling it out. It's calling like I see him. All right, man. There's very few people that I feel like can sit and jib-jab with us. I, and you're one of them, by the way. Like, every week. Think about this. Me and you, every week. We don't really communicate much during no. the week because we always want the show to be fresh and new and, like, you know. But when we get on here, it's like peas and carrots. Right, You know, yeah. you would you would think, like, with the age difference and all of that, there would be some. But, no. We're good at, you know, um, volleying the conversation back and forth. Right. And I and I, it's a really good show. And the feedback I've gotten has been all but positive and um, all positive, I should say. <laughs> and <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was on the makeshift podcast and getting back to my original thought, which was the Labor Day uh, conspiracy thing where there's a whole slew of people that believe the national holiday of Labor Day is a let me just pull it up because if you you got to read this so labor day fake holiday um late, all right top the top uh result of this is labor day is a government scam <laughs> so but like i i guess i don't is it the whole idea of you know if we give you one day then you won't think about it the rest of the days like where what are we let me read a little bit. I'll give you the cliff notes. Labor Day weekend is almost here. Many people across the country will be enjoying a long weekend by firing up the grill or cramming in last minute back to school shopping. Mm. Class war is probably the last thing on most folks' minds, but it shouldn't be. See, Labor Day history is a lot more complicated than you think. And while it seems like a great idea, a federal holiday that pays tribute to the working class and gives everyone a day off, you would love to see that. Well, there are some glaring problems with this holiday going back to its inception. Honestly, it's kind of a government scam. Okay. The local and state celebrations begin in the 1880s, but the federal holiday was born in 1894 by the Pullman Rail Strike when 125,000 workers across 29 railroads walked off the job to protest wage cuts. Okay. So there's some political unrest that happens during this. And then the United Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners of America, they join in the fight. The American Federation of Labor joins. And then uh, this guy named Matthew McGuire, who's the secretary of New York of the CLU, uh, he joins into the fight. So now you've got all these people kind of saying, we need better wages. And in order for the... so. <laughs> What they're saying is is that the government said, oh, we can't pay you anymore, or these big unions said, we can't pay you anymore, but here's what we'll do. We'll give you one day off in September, oh, and we all accepted this, right? <laughs> and this is what they're saying, which you and I both know is if, if that is in fact the case, it is a really skewed view of yeah. what Labor Day represents. It's almost like when we do something nice, like we try to raise money for a young man, and somebody's like, yeah, you should just donate all the money yourself. You're just rich, and you're entitled, and you're in, you, know, you should you should just donate the money. I don't understand why you're asking everyone else for money. You're like the Catholic Church. <laughs> That's no joke a comment I got oh, on, on my fundraiser. So, of course... There's a few bad apples in the bag, right? And it doesn't have to spoil the bunch. So I'm just saying Labor Day remains my favorite holiday because it does, in fact, celebrate the working class. If you want to say the inception of it was skewed in some way, I whatever, you can do that. I could find a case against Grandparents Day. How about that? <laughs> my, there's shitty grandparents out there. <laughs> there's a bunch of them. I'm sure of it. Okay. And guess what? I'm protesting Grandparents Day. All right. Fuck you. So, Hallmark. side note, side note, United Brotherhood of Carpenters is the coolest union name I think I've ever heard. That is Hell that yeah. is a pretty cool one. <laughs> United Brotherhood. We should start a United Brotherhood of Knife Makers. That'd be I'd be cool. down for that. I don't know who would be like, if we go on strike, who are we striking against ourselves? 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Etsy, <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't Come know. on. Come on. We'll figure something out. So what do you have planned? Do you have anything planned? When you work for yourself, right. Labor Day is kind of like just another day, right? Because you're like doing the same kind of stuff that you are, you're always doing. But do you have any... Sometimes people make plans. Like I know Emily works a full time job, so like right. she get the day off. Are you guys doing something? She does get the day off. We're going up to Emily's parents, you know, year round campsite up in Wolverine. But on Labor Day, there's a thing where basically people walk the Mackinac Bridge, starting from the UP, the Upper Peninsula, down oh, to cool. down to Mackinac City. So it sounds like we're going to be making that five mile walk from a- across the giant Mackinac Bridge, and then I think after that five we're going to go to Mackinac Island for the day. But it kind of just depends on if it's super crowded, then maybe we won't. I don't know. But what's the weather going to be like? Is eh, it going to be hot? Who knows? I mean, what's been crazy is that it full on feels like fall up here. Like today, oh, right nice. now it's fifty five degrees out. And midday, the hottest part of the day is going to be 70 degrees. So it is, it is. And also like just riding around our little neighborhood here, there's a couple trees that the leaves are starting to change a little bit. And it's like, oh shit, falls here. (laughs) Here it comes. Here it is. Now, do you like fall? Oh yeah. Fall is my favorite by far. Yeah. It's just, you know. When I lived up there, it was the same. You know, first of all, it's super pretty with all the trees changing. Second, football. I mean, who the hell doesn't like football? It's in one really nice thing. Emily is a huge football fan, so it's just kind of like, oh shit. I mean, I'm a huge football fan. I played high school football, followed it all the way through college, and it's just it's just one of those things that, you know, I grew up around sports and football, so it's it's just kind of fun. Like a, Sorry, go ahead. Are you a Packer fan? What's oh, your, come on. Your, now it's the Lions. What's your preferred team? Oh, the Lions. Oh, That's yeah. Right. You, I forgot Michigan had a football team. That's oh, right. yeah, yeah. They suck for a long time, but they're looking good this year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, the older I get, I've never been a football fan, yeah. per se. But the older I get, the more I can see how it's enjoyable to watch. I used yeah. to love hockey. I watch a lot of hockey. Mm. And... uh the Red Wings were my team, you know, between them and the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Just can't do it. You know? Yeah. Just can't do it. But, the but I love the watching hockey. So then it kind of morphed into football over the years, sure. but I just don't, I don't pay enough attention to the game schedules. And then I always forget like, Oh, there's a game tonight. You know? Yeah. Uh, is there a game on Monday? Um, No. So if there, I think it's another, it's another week before they, they, Before the preseason was the last three weeks, so then they have a week off, and then football starts. But college starts, which is kind of fun. It'll be, it'll be nice to see my Michigan Wolverines and the Central Michigan Chippewas. But, Fantastic. But the other thing, the other great thing about fall is it's forging weather all the freaking time. Yeah. You don't have to wake up like all through the summer. If I was forging, I'd wake up super early and try to get it in while it's still cool out. I mean – here I am complaining about, you know, 85 degree weather when people down south are like absolutely boiling right now. But, you know, <laughs> but it's been hot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been hot. We've been we luckily we're kind of saved by the Great Lakes a little bit. But um, but yeah, but I really love fall just because I can go out in the middle, like the hottest part of the day. And it's still, you know, 70 degrees or below. And I can just forage comfortably, which is great. Yeah, I, we don't have that here. I'm I'm always on the hunt to try to figure out an, an easier, safer way to forge just because it is so hot here all the time. So I'm yeah. looking into doing some ventilation systems and things like that mm. that will assist me in that process a little bit because yeah. I make forges and I feel like I should be using them more and I want to use them more. But like the last time I used my forge, I got really overheated and it was just too hot and uh, not enjoyable at no. all. So I'm working on that. But um, well, luckily your wh- your shop is out in the, in that work district area. So if you yeah. went out at two a.m., it's not like you're keeping anybody up. Like for me, I've got backdoor no. neighbors or neighbors pretty close side to side. Yeah, you, you could you can forge at any time of the day outside here, and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, no, everyone's really cool. A lot of people stop. You know, there's like a CrossFit gym across the way, and they'll they'll stop and watch what I'm up to or whatever <laughs> as I'm working, which is a little weird. But 
Um, yeah, and then we're staring down the barrel of a hurricane. Yeah. By the time you hear this, we'll know whether or not it's going to turn into us. Uh, most people are like, what are you worried about? It looks like it's going north. Well, if historicals have shown that the weather service – I don't care where you're from. The EU models, the spaghetti models that come from NOAA, they're usually all very wrong within 150, 200, 300 miles sometimes. And it's because these storms, they'll form and then they'll stall out and then a weather system will shift. So if you look at historicals, you'll just know that like we're super nervous because it's going to be right up off, off our coast. By the time you hear this, it'll already be past us, but um, or it's plowed right into us either yeah. way. It's going to be a Cat 3 or a Cat 4 storm, and wherever it does make landfall, it's going to fuck it up. Like, yeah. it's bad. Like, it's a really strong storm. So, And we've noticed that the water has been so warm here, mm. which is a bad thing. So, like, these storms take energy from the warm Gulf waters, and then they turn into these mega storms. And so I'm in the, proper, uh, the process of preparing for you know, a disaster essentially again. And I'm just getting over it really. I'm like, man, Florida, I love you, Florida, but these friggin' storms are just eating at my stress level all you know, I'm like s- every year. Listen, every year, all I'm saying is Michigan doesn't have earthquakes. We don't have forest <laughs> fires. We don't have hurricanes. We don't have, I mean, come on. The worst you're going to get is maybe a little bit of snow and a occasional right. tornado, you know, that's true. It's very safe up there in Michigan. Just saying. Very boring. Very safe and boring. But uh, I would rather boring yeah. and safe than, you know, fun and, you know, have to have you. to board up every year. You know, you're right because you you basically you're trading like you're like, oh, all this sunshine and water and beach and all that. And then you trade, you know, all that fun for a few months of like nail biting because you're yeah. like yeah you and at least with a hurricane you know it's coming you're like okay i can prepare and it's usually not as bad as you think it is but when you have like real estate and you have a business that operates in that environment that has to stay running every day it's a little stressful <laughs> so that's what gave me shingles last year yeah. remember i, got I was gonna say it's, it's about shingles time isn't it no Goodness. no i'm never going so, through that again I mean, maybe you could do the old snowbird where you're down there in the winter and up here in the in the summertime. Yeah, when I retire, which will be never. Okay, so, cool. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I like the idea of it being a snowbird, but I'm just not there. It's, yeah, it's not. So it's not right now, it looks house. like the hurricane is going towards Tampa Bay, like you know, Jordan Cox, Jordy the Knife Maker kind of area. North of there, really. Oh, okay. uh, the the person that I'm most concerned about is Justin Miller in Ocala. Mm. I think they're going to – he's inland a ways, so I don't think there's any risk of, like, major damage for him. Uh, it's just that it's going to bring a lot of rain through that area. Yeah. You also have Steve Schwarzer, and you have Travis Haynes of Bird Forge up there. Um, you in, in the center of the state, you have um, Brandon from – Brandon Geis from uh, Creative Geis Knives. So you've got a lot of people up in that area. Now, if it comes across our way, you have us, you have Donnie Dulovich, you've got uh, uh, Zoltan, you've got all, yeah, Baldman, you've got all these, you know. So Florida is a huge state. People don't realize this. There's a ton of knife makers down here, by the way. Like, yeah. we're, we're just, the state is peppered with it, but it's like our population is like 11 million people or something. Yeah. But um, we're... We're preparing. It'll be fine. And in the meantime, we are having a Labor Day sale this week. So if you haven't checked that out already, <laughs> go to housemade.us. Buy it now before the hurricane <laughs> washes it away. <laughs> washes it all away. And um, we're, we're, we started the sale a week early, so we had a whole week of promotion so we could promote the sale, and then it would lead up to the actual weekend. Um, it's $100 off any Revolution bundle, which is a great deal. Um, and all you have to buy is a, a wheel set and a kit. So it's like it knocks 100 bucks off of that. And then the Apollo, same thing, $100 off the Apollo bundle. So um, it has been an amazing sale. We've done really well. Sales are way up. It's fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And everyone who has reached out about supporting Arlen, we're going to do that. I don't have – I need clearance from his mom. So we're working with his mom just to make sure – and I think what's probably going to happen is everyone is going to route their stuff through us and we're just going to all throw it in the crate because we've got people that want to do, 
handle material in Damascus. I've got so many people that want to donate to this young man. It's fantastic. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. Holy shit. Um, however, I don't think they want their address given yeah. out to like 30, 40 people. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell everybody like, hey, ship it to me. I'll throw it in the crate and it'll get there to right. You know, I'll be the liaison kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, that whole Arlen thing is unbelievable. Yeah. He's a fantastic young man, super respectful, nice young person, and he's a hell of a knife maker. And you guys have changed his life absolutely by donating um, to that project. So thank you so much, man. I've been I've been looking forward to you know when he gets all that stuff, and then like me, it'd be cool to see what his reaction is to all of the stuff. I don't know if he even does he know everything that's coming. Like have have. He knows a little bit, I think. Okay. Um, but not not all the extras. Not mm. not like the demand. Like like the guys over at Fifty Fifty Forge are making him a billet. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, James Fleming from Wasteland is hooking him up with, uh, I think, some Damascus and some handle material from his special little, all the stuff he's collected over the years. He wants to hand over and nice. it, yeah, it's. I talked to James last night on the phone and I'm just like, holy shit, man, this is so nice. It he is. called me just to figure it all out. But yeah, it's man, you guys are the best. It's like such an amazing thing to be a part of a community, a part of a brotherhood yeah. of knife makers. It's a brotherhood will. of knife makers. I'm, I'm saying it now. We need to unionize guys. I, know. I like it. I like it. I like it. Somebody start collecting dues. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been great uh, because I think the the part I love about it the most is that there's a whole series of people, like a whole crew of people that are wanting to be a part of watching someone young do something they wish they would have started when they were younger. Yeah. So they go, they, they're just all in, you know, um, it's, I get it because I have kids. Like, you want your kids to be better than you, right? Yeah. It's just how it is. It's just a normal feeling. But um, when another – when you see young people take uh, – a, like, grab their future by the, the collar and say, like, hey, I want to do something with my time, I, I, you know, it's rare. Mm. It's kind of rare. At 14, 15, it's really rare to watch. Because most of those kids at that time are playing video games or being kids. They're yeah. being normal kids. And when you look at a young man who's, say, 15 years old and he's taken control of his future the way he is, the first thing I think of is I love the hustle, number one. That's fantastic. And then I think, why is this kid hustling so much? Yeah. And it's probably because he knows he has to, right? And I was that person before but I was never that young feeling that I just you know I probably felt that in my 20s like I had to hustle I had to make something of myself and this kid's growing up fast and we just gave him like a, an accelerator yeah you know a we, boost we just put his life on jet fuel like that he's going <laughs> yeah. love to see it's it. really cool it's cool to watch and thank you to everybody who has reached out we'll we'll do something where we figure out the coordination portion of it you can shoot me a dm on instagram or something and, um, you know, if you want to send something over to them that you've got in your workshop that you want to, you know, s small stuff, don't don't send like big shit. But like, you know, if you if you want to put something in the bag, let me know. And well, now we'll he's make sure it gets to him. Now he's got an even he he's got a revolution grinder. He's got I mean, materials. I feel like he's got just about everything. All of no all of the big now. all of the big expenses are out of the way for this kid. And I love it. No excuses. A hundred percent. So Brian, what is the process for battening down the hatches look like? Like if you're, if you're about to get hit by a storm, like what could possibly be turning into you, what all do you have to do to try to keep yourself from losing everything? The first things you, you immediately do is you take stock of the things you need to survive for a few days, food, water, and shelter. So like you just want to prepare, you need bottled water because the water supply usually gets screwed up a little bit and you can't drink the tap water. So you got to, you know, have a little stockpile of that stockpile of food. Um, and then you start looking at your interests. Like what can you, you know, if something were to happen, like I immediately think the building that I'm in, that housemate is in, what would happen if the roof were to get torn off of it? 
everything on the inside, what would you want to protect first? Obviously, the most expensive. The CNC is getting tarped. We're going to dump a you know big tarp over it. Anything of elect that's electronic gets covered, you know, just bagged up. And then uh, and then when we leave for the day tonight, should be tonight. Uh, we'll shut all the breakers off except for the air conditioning, mm. so that when because what happens during these storms is you get these brownouts, and those are way more like they affect things. Excuse me, way more than. Um, uh, like say uh, a a power outage would, if you can imagine the voltage drops, so the lights start to flicker, and when that occurs, that's way more damaging to electronics. So we try to just keep everything turned off, you know, just turn it all off, and then you sit and wait. Uh, this year, I invested in a Starlink uh, antenna, and I just didn't turn it on. I just bought the Starlink stuff. I just you know needed it because last year we were incommunicado for like almost a week yeah. like you'd have to drive to a location that had known cellular internet mm. you know so that you could call people and tell them you were okay um it was just like we were cut off from the world so now starlink a lot of starlink that's, that's the elon musk thing yeah yeah it's like the internet um anywhere in the world nice. kind of thing. you can just turn it on and you know you obviously pay for it but it's like you don't have to turn it on until you need it. So like you can buy the antenna and you can set it all up and then you can call and activate it. And like, we'll do that tonight. We'll call and activate mm-hmm. it. That way, if we do get a power outage or a, I'm sorry, a, like a internet outage, which we did last year and we're going to probably have that again. You have to remember this storm is going right across pen- the peninsula and all of those lines that, that feed the internet to the South end of the peninsula where we live you know, that storm is going to cut right through it. Chances are we're going to, you know, like we had a dump truck run into a, a freaking telephone pole like a year ago and it took out the bottom half of the state of Florida. Oh, like it, yeah. Shit like that oh happens. Oh my gosh. So that one line is so like, there should be a barbed wire fence around that thing. <laughs> right. It was a, it was a fiber line. Yeah. And it got severed and it was, yeah. Wow. We lost everybody. It was so weird because, you know, you're used to being able to like make a call or, you know, like at least get on the internet on your phone. None of it worked. Mm. None of it. It was just zero. Everything went dead. It was only for a few hours. They got back up and running, but it was so weird. It was creepy. So having Star- Starlink would allow us to connect and our neighbors to connect. Mm. So we'll just tell our neighbors like, hey, if you need internet, come on just over. Come over and hang out. And, nice. Know. So is but there like a we're doing that? Is there like an army of linemen sitting on the Georgia Florida border, yes. just waiting for this thing to you come through? Right. Yep, we got the uh, email last night from FPL. So, um, the like whenever you have a major disaster, so they deploy the National Guard as wow. well. So this we've already been it's already declared a state of emergency here. So National Guard and then. Yeah, like just lineman trucks, man. Like they come in droves, thousands at a time, and they just park in a centralized area where they think they're going to be needed. And you're probably right. It's probably right around the Georgia-Florida border. They're sitting there waiting, and they'll weather the storm where they are, and then they literally roll in like an army, yeah. and they start fixing everything. Yeah, we have an antiquated electrical system. I mean, you know, it. It's silly that we have above ground power yeah. lines anymore. It's just you think if anywhere in the world that would be the place to put everything down below where it's not going to get messed up. <laughs> well, my neighborhood was is newer, so they put everything underground. Here. Okay, but just you walk out of my neighborhood where all the power comes in and it's all above your head, right. so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like what feeds the neighborhood is is still above ground, so. I think we'll be fine. I, I really do. It's just, uh, you know, you got to prepare. Yeah. You got to be smart. And I'm ready to not get hit. You know, <laughs> fuck Tallahassee. You guys you guys haven't had shit. Fuck you, Tampa. <laughs> you, need, you need to get fucking pounded. That's right. I said Come it. Come on, man. There's people. We've had, we have had so many storms down here. Tampa has not had a hurricane in 100 years. What? These motherfuckers. 100, 100 years. years. Look it up. Hundred years they've been they've been dodging the bullet. Yeah. Now is the time, Tampa. I'm telling you, I feel it, man. That's it's coming for you. It feels pretty cutthroat saying, "Hey, all you guys, you guys need to uh, get hit by a hurricane." <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there doing a rain dance for Tampa. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, we're doing that this week, preparing. I'm prototyping a couple of things that I'm really excited about, but I can't talk about it because, you know. Still, the, um, you know, still the stuff that I saw or new stuff? New stuff. Whoa. Since you saw. Come stuff on. you saw is in production. Yeah, the stuff you saw is in production, and the I've got, like, two really cool new things uh, coming out, which is – I'm super excited. Where, about where do I sign an NDA to, yeah. to see the next stuff? <laughs> uh, I'll send you. I'll send you some pictures. I already started uh, leaking some okay. data on it. All so right. to a select few yeah. insiders, okay. yeah, because it's it's a must. It's something. It's a tool that so many people ask about all the time. That it would make it makes sense to start building them here and like you know having them available yeah. to everyone and with house made quality. Yeah. So. Yep. I had a meeting with Billy yesterday about it and showed him the prototype. And he's like, yep, how many do you Wait, want? Wait, who's Billy? You can make it. Billy's my okay, machine cool. shop guy, the guy that makes all my parts. Yep. Yeah, I mean. So the process is I design it, I prototype it in my machine, and then I make sure it works. You know, <laughs> that's like a big one. I use it for a while, and then I hand it to him, and I send him all the drawings, and I send him all the CAD files, and then he produces them for me. So if I remember correct, what I saw, and I'm trying to be as vague as possible, what I saw was planning to come out right around mid-fall. Is that still, is that still kind of the idea, yeah. or is it still, are we kind of pushing back or moving yeah. forward? It pro- it'll probably be November, okay. I would think, because the, the, the production side of things takes longer than yeah. you think it would, you know, because I've got multiple shops building multiple parts. So it's they're you know, I've got some places building things and Billy building things and, and they all have to come together in concert. Right. And I haven't gotten parts from any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's a little like it's a thing. And then and then you know, a fucking hurricane stops Everything. all production. It just yeah. stops everybody. Like all these shops are on this coast. They're all and they're all just like, Hey, we're we're stopping. Yeah to prepare dude it's such a how about you what what are you doing i mean what do you got going on in your workshop you've got to add oh yeah i'm finishing up another batch and you know getting stuff out and well normally i take all my knives down to the chippewa river and take pictures down there but we've been we've been getting so much rain lately that it's super full it has a bunch of sediment up in it so it looks it looks the kind way of saying looks like a river of chocolate milk I'm sure your imagination can kind of guess what the other way to say it is. Looks very, um, you know, very gross. It's not it's not photogenic at all. So um, I have a bunch of knives that are ready to go to take pictures, but I'm still trying to find the next place because I've been taking pictures at that river spot for a long time. So first of all, it's probably going to be nice to come up with a better spot just to kind of change up the look a little bit. But um, I just haven't found that yet. I'm I I really like setting things up and spending some time and getting some good lighting on it and taking fantastic pictures. It's just I I have a spot and now it's now it's not looking the greatest and it's non it's not reliable. But it's time to do some recon yeah, for sure. You know, like and and you could do that with like Google Maps or Google Earth. Yeah. Maybe find like a park near you. Maybe there's another oh, park there's, or a waterfall. There's somewhere. plenty of parks around. It's just you know. <laughs> it's by the time you find something you stop and you look and you're like oh well there's it's so tree covered you never get a good beam of light or you'd you know it's yeah it's, it's a process it's it's kind of it's kind of a oh i know it's yeah. funny the small things that can s- slow you up you know dude big time that is an interesting way to put it because uh, you know the have you do you remember back in the like the early two thousands the whole feng shui mo- movement? Um, in the early two thousands, I would have been like, I, I mean, I was I was born in ninety three, so I'd be pretty young then. So have did you ever have you ever heard the oh, term yeah, feng, feng shui? Yeah. Okay, so so you know yeah. what it is. So uh, it, it it's you know that's the biggest part of feng shui is that you you must eliminate all roadblocks. Yeah. Right. And that could be clutter. That could be, you know, piece of furniture, whatever it is. It's the same with pretty much everything you do. You know, you can apply that same concept to everything you do. And I try to do that on the daily. Little tiny, small, minor um, 
fixes, like getting organized in your workshop, like pick one thing, you know, one thing. Don't try to get the whole shop organized. Go grab your toolbox, you know, look in your toolbox and and figure out, okay, I'm just going to do wrenches today. I'm going to look on, look at wrenches and spend an hour and solve that problem. If you do that over the course of time, you know, you're, you're essentially building a habit that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. You're building things and organizing and systems in place to keep you organized. And like you said, you go out, you have this process, you make this knife and you go out to this spot, the same spot every year or every time you make this knife and you take a right. photo and you enjoy it. And now the backdrop is screwed, right? right? You can't use it. <laughs> you're like, damn, now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know. Maybe I shouldn't be reliant on the river not looking like shit, but you know it is what it is. You need a backup. I need a backup I need a backup location. for sure because all of these pictures that I've been putting out where I'm like holding the knife and doing like the stereotypical, you know, busted up hands holding a pretty knife. It's not. It just doesn't yeah. look. It doesn't. It doesn't look the greatest. It's it's okay. You definitely set yourself apart yeah. by going out and doing yeah. that. You do. Like I always stop and look at those. And I love it when you do a video because it's like sometimes you'll have like moving yeah. water or moving things behind. And it's just it's lovely. I love it. You know, the knife aside, it just I can tell that you're taking the time to go yeah. do that. And it's funny how long even even standing in that pretty spot, it takes a really long time to like get the branch set up just right. So it holds the knife just in the sure. right. I mean, it, it does. I mean, every time I go out with, let's say you know, four knives, I spend an hour out there trying to find the perfect shot. And it's, it's, you know, one of those things that a lot of people overlook because you finish this really pretty knife, you spend eight, 10, 20 hours to make it pretty. And then all of a sudden you take one quick shot and you throw it up on the internet and it's done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. But, and I bet you it helps sell that knife sure, too. Sure. For sure. For sure. But the other thing I've been kind of focusing on, and it's a little bit of a switch a switch away from shop work to actual like mental and physical work. Um, This is going to be one of the most stereotypical things because I entered my twenties looking or at the best peak, you know, form in my life. Like I, I was, you know, pretty, pretty fit, pretty active. And I'm ending my thirties in the worst form. Like I'm way, way, I have way more weight on me than I would like to, you know, I'm, you know, my mental game probably isn't, could use a lot of work. So, you know, I'm turning 30 here in, in a, about a week or so. So it's, um, it's time for me to t- start realizing like it, I need to get back to being active and getting my, my mental game down. So one of the things, the first thing I started doing is I started meditating every day. I don't, have you ever meditated? Have you ever done anything like that? Oh man, I've tried. Yeah. I've really tried. It's it's really hard yeah. for me. It definitely is it definitely isn't easy, but um starting about a week ago, I started sit- basically just setting a timer for 10 minutes and then sitting cross-legged and clearing my mind. And it's amazing. You know, about 5 minutes in, you actually finally stop, you know, stop thinking about all the stupid little things you got you always constantly think about. And the amount of rejuve it, it honestly feels like more energizing than drinking a Red Bull to me. It's huh. quite amazing. Like by the time I by the time, you know, five minutes, five minutes in, you know, you're finally calm and your mind is calm and you're you kind of stop thinking. And it, it's just you start focusing on your your heartbeat or your breathing. And it's just like you spend five minutes in that state. And first of all, those five minutes feel like a minute and a half, maybe. And then all of a sudden at the end of it, it's like I personally, I feel super energized and ready for the day. More, more energized than like having a really big breakfast and, you know, slamming a coffee or an energy drink. I feel better after meditating than that. It's it's. And then every time I've done it, I've had a crazy productive day. So that's just kind of been something I've been wow. working on for my mental game. And also, like, you know, I'm a very anxious person. I'm constantly worried about, like, oh, shoot, you know, this thing needed to be done. And I have this type of hang up. And, you know, that customer is going to be pissed at me. Where, honestly, that if you've already waited, you know, let's say three months for a knife, three months in a week is not going to be that big of an issue. And that's the way it always turns out. 
but I'm always going into those conversations thinking I'm going to get my ass chewed or, you know, this person's going to want a refund. You think the worst. Always. I always think the worst, um, which is really unhealthy mentally. But ever since I yeah. started meditating, like for whatever reason, like that has kind of I, I go in feeling more po- like I start my day on a super positive note and mentally, mentally calm note. And it seems like that carries through the day. How do you start? Like if somebody wanted to start meditating, like what's the, do you listen? Is it guided or are you just, you're just sitting still and clearing the mind? Honestly, what I do is I, you know, in, in my living room, there's a window that kind of beams some light in. And I literally just put a pillow on the ground, sit on the pillow, sit cross-legged, and I just set a time. I say, Alexa, set a timer for 10 minutes. And I just kind of just do good posture, have your straight back, close your eyes, and focus on your breathing and try to shut down your mind. And it's really hard the first time. Like, trying to, like, not think is so freaking hard, especially for people like me where my mind's going hundred miles an hour all, constantly all the time. I'm sure you're the same way, but yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how, when you start the day in, in a kind of calm, peaceful mood, how that can carry or how that can change the outlook of the rest of your day. I think you bring up a really good point about starting your day the right way. Yeah. I think that because it tends to carry like momentum, right? Yeah. If you start, and like you've heard the phrase, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. It's that same concept, right? If you wake up pissed, you know, your whole day is shot kind of thing. So with you doing this and offsetting that, that's a really solid, healthy move, man. That is fantastic to hear. If you wake up on the wrong side of the bed for the past decade, you don't realize it. And then all of a sudden you do something and, you know, start off your day right and it feels, you know... Like you got a shot in your arm, like a B12 shot. Like it's, it feels amazing. That and, you is know, med- interesting. Yeah. Meditating might be my thing. It could be totally something else for you, but that's, you know, like a lot of people start their day, you know, I don't know. Like I know a lot of people end their day smoking a cigar or doing something that just kind of calms you down. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the thing for you, but for whatever reason, this, this is hit for me for now. <laughs> and then the other thing, you know, I said mind right and body right. Um, I've started as, as crazy as it sounds or as stupid as it sounds. Um, Kyle, the vid- videographer is here for the next couple of months and he has gotten really into pickleball. I don't know if you've oh, ever sure. heard of pickleball. I'm sure oh, it's, yeah. I'm sure it's a huge craze down there in Florida. Oh, yeah. But we've been going, I think, every day for the past five days. And every time we go out there, I sweat through at least three shirts. Wow. So, you know, first of all, and, you know, I haven't felt like, you know, how, you know, working in the shop, you get tired. But it's it's not like uh, you're really working out tired. It's just your back hurts or your legs hurt or, you know, your feet hurt. Where this, I actually feel the muscles getting sore from being worked out and you know yes you know being a little bit sore probably isn't isn't making my production better like you know being sore everything kind of takes a little bit longer or whatever but having this feel I haven't had this feeling since high school when I was working out all the damn time and you know this is going to be yes it's it's a low layer of suck over everything which hopefully I'm I'm trying to overcome with the the mental game, try to even that out. But this low layer of suck that's happening all the time is going to make my body feel better in the long term. Hundred percent. And you know, I have a really hard time going to the gym because you know, back when I was a wrestler, you know, if as soon as I walked into the gym, I'd work myself to absolute like the breaking point. So, you know, there have been multiple times where I go in, you know, throughout my later 20s and now starting into my 30s, um, you know, I've I've been going and every time I get into that gym mode, I work myself to absolute exhaustion just because it's it's like something I fall back into, which is stupid because I'm, you know, I haven't worked out realistically in, you know, eight, eight years so you can't just start off going at 100 miles an hour. You can't. Yeah, you'll burn yourself right out. You burn yourself out. You don't want to go there. 
and you get yourself so tired that you literally like the last time I went, I went for like a week. And by the end of the week, my body was so sore. I was like bedridden for a couple days. And that's, that's stupid. That's not, that's not sustainable. So, you know, doing something, doing something like pickleball or, you know, disc golfing where I'm getting like a three mile walk in up, up and down elevation. And, you know, those are things where if I were just to say, I, I need to go lift weights until my body's as sore as after pickleball, like that's, it's just different. It's a different thing. And then, you know, we're having fun, we're doing things with people. So it's the motivation to go and do things because they want to go do things. And personally, it's, it's just a shit ton of fun. I mean, it's literally just tennis on a smaller court. So it's not like, I don't know. I, you know, it, it seems goofy saying I need to I need to give myself games to actually go work out. Like I should be able to just say I need to do this. So go do it. But I don't know. Yeah, but you have to find the pathway. I'm the same way. I, so my morning routine now has been wake up and run on the treadmill, of course, not outside because I'll kill myself. But um, and I've been doing this for the last three months. I've been running two miles and I, it started with me walking essentially just walking on the treadmill because my cardiovascular health was not good. Like I, I would even get winded walking up the stairs. You know, I'm like, I need to do something about this. And it's the same thing. I would be, I had been feeling the same way, Brian. I had been feeling like I needed that extra cup of coffee, you know, yeah. to just kind of keep, you know, the energy level at the same, you know, pace where I felt like my mind it was, working and my body was working in concert with one another. And I just, it was like, okay, something's wrong. I need to, I need to do something. So started walking. Then I started, you know, obviously every couple days or three days, I would up the speed a little bit and, you know, and now I'm running. So now I, I run two miles about, I, I run for about 30 minutes and then I get off of that machine and I go torture myself on a rowing machine, which is like, <laughs> those just, things are, it, they look as if they shouldn't be as brutal as they are. They're brutal. It's it, and but it's a full body workout and yeah. it's low impact. That's like the key because like you know when you get older, like your joints aren't as strong and you know all that shit. So I uh, I then row two thousand meters on a rowing machine and try to get my split, which is like the average for uh you know five hundred meters, as low as possible and. And at at first, I was very motivated, you know, to go do this. And and um and now, like three months in, it's just part of my habit, my routine. It's become a thing where I have to wake up and do this. And now, if I don't do this, like if I just say, "Oh, I don't feel like it today," which there's been a couple of days where I haven't felt like it, I feel like shit throughout the day. Yeah. So you're right, man, about the meditation and the being active. Let me tell you something about. Uh, I read an article somewhere, and it was backed by, you know, some heavy duty, um, you know, I don't know, top notch schools, things, you know, doctors and whatever that said, you know, they think that the reason why there's so much cancer is because of people are sedentary. They're not mm. moving around. Okay. And just like 10 minutes or 15 minutes or even 30 minutes of exercise every single day is basically like taking a cancer free pill. Yeah. Like you, it's literally fighting cancer in your body. And I have a lot of cancer in my family. I've had cancer. My dad just flew down here. He's just had surgery yesterday because mm. he has cancer again. And I'm like, dude, you know, I got to do something. If I want to live a long, healthy life, I got to be, I got to take care of my body. Yeah. And so I, I commend you, Brian. And if you ever need somebody to motivate you, let me know. And <laughs> I really love the idea that you're out there playing pickleball because you're moving. You know, you're doing something you're not normally used to. I mean, granted, you're on your feet all day in the shop. I get that part. But it's not the same as, like, pickleball. You yeah. Know? That's that's a heavy-duty, like, running around type deal. So And it's, you I'm know, it's, you, it's low enough impact and it's fun enough where it makes me want to do it every day, even if I'm sore. And it's yeah. it feels like, you know... You know, I'm sweating through a bunch and, you know, whatever. But I feel like this is like the stereotypical male, you know, story arc where, you know, your 20s, you're you're in the best shape of your life just coming out of high school. You played a bunch of sports and all of a sudden you you go you go off and you you uh, start drinking. You start, you know, you're you're drinking beer with your buddies and you're going to f watching football games. You're no longer working out anymore. And, you know, for me personally. I'm just getting to the end of 29 and I'm 
damn near 300 pounds. Like this is way too much. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that this is the heaviest, hopefully I'll ever be in my life and I can start working my way back in the other direction. And it seems like so many people say, well, the reason why I'm fit when I'm 50 is because I started when I was 30. Hands down. Yeah. It's a habit. You have to know that being healthy is not just like a period of your life where you just choose to be healthy. It's an everyday, it's an everyday adventure. Like you have to pick. Yeah. And you have to work towards it. I mean, it's a thing. So I think you're you're making some awesome choices. And like I've always said, the the answer, the cure to just about every ailment is action. You yeah. know, taking action. And that this is what happens when people get depressed and they get anxious, um, which is a totally normal human, you know, component. You're you're just you know, you're gonna have periods of your life where you're like that. It's okay. Uh, but the one thing that divides people in that group is the ones that took action to fix it. Yeah. You know, and it's a little bit every day. It's not like, you know, like you said, it's not like running a marathon, you know, right out of the gate. You don't go from, you know, you ever remember that movement couch to 5k yeah. where it was like, it, it was an app that kind of like walked you through the process of being able to run a 5k. It's the same thing. You don't just get up and run a 5k if you right. haven't been running for, you know, whatever. And it's the same with life. You take it slow, take small bites uh, out of the out of the process of getting healthy, and then it becomes easier and easier and easier. And you're like, oh, I can turn the treadmill up today. Yeah, and, you know, I can I can go another step. I can make it a little bit faster. I can get my heart heart rate up a little bit higher than it was. And so it's a it's a process. And I think um, you're doing a great thing, Brian. You know, man, get your health under control, get that life under control, start your life again, like do all those things because, you know, you have the drive that a lot of people don't have in your professional life. You're one of those people that just pushes, pushes, pushes. And a lot of times guys like you tend to, you know, lean heavily on the professional side and then not take care of their their body and their, you know, their mind. And there's a sacrifice there. You have to balance that out. And what you'll discover, I think, is the more you take care of your body and your mind, the better you'll become professionally. Yeah, 1,000%. This is what I found anyway. <clears throat> so this well, is let's... why I'm so fit and active and handsome. You know, that's how I, that's how I do it. <laughs> Something it's like the that. the secret. <laughs> Two of those did you know that there's? Did you know there's 14,500 posts on WFI projects right now. And that is that is another thing that just fills me with joy. Even like a lot of people when they're doing things like this, they only look at it through, you know, right when it's like I'm sorry, I, I set that up kind of stupid, but you know, I don't just look at this the hashtag WFI projects when I sit down and read them out. All the way throughout the week, I like to like step back in and like, oh shit, what are people doing? And what are what are the crazy things that people are working on? And I've been really enjoying the fact that so many people have really taken on this hashtag and running with it. And I, it's it's just so cool. It feels it realistically it feels like uh it feels like middle school or elementary school show and tell again. It does. It's so cool. I love it. It does. And if you want to be part of that show and tell, all you have to do is post something to Instagram and use the hashtag. WFI projects and we might shout you out. I'm going to shout out in general, Gnome Hammer Forge. Uh, that is uh, Ryan and he's a fellow Michigander. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's in Holton, Michigan, Ryan Bruek. And like, um, he's just crushing it on the socials. I, I gotta, I gotta say, I suit, I respect the hustle so much. It's like the guy is just going for it. Yeah. And he's not stopping. He is a freight train, and he's making hammers. He's pressing. He's doing. Look at what he's up to. Gnome Hammer Forge. The G is silent. <laughs> yeah, and Just you know Holton. Holton isn't that far off from here. I every single time it gets brought up, <clears throat> I say, "Oh shoot, we should we should hang out sometime." You know what? Ser- seriously, like reach out yeah. to me. I'd love to set up a day to go work in your shop, and maybe you come over here. It'd be kind of fun. I, he seems like a good dude. Yeah. I would I would say say that that's going to be a positive experience for you. 
Hey, For maybe sure. we can uh, crush the social media together with a couple posts. It'd be fun. All right. I've got, as always, Carol Ann Jeanette has been killing it with the spoons. She's got this um, ladle that has, let's see. Oh, shoot. Black walnut and curly maple. So the spoon part of it, the the cup, if you would, is black walnut. And it's a really, really gorgeous. I mean, black walnut is always super pretty. But the contrast between the black walnut and the curly maple, just it it's that light and dark contrast that just absolutely pops. So go check out Carol Ann Jeanette over at C-A-W-O-J-O-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. That's that's where it's at. Go check that out and uh, give her a follower if you haven't already. I'm going to shout out uh, the abstract underscore blacksmith. That's Lando Novak. I was just on their podcast, the Forge Side Chat. That's uh, Lando Novak and Nick Welsh, uh, our friends in the great white north of Canada. Um, they broke their own rule and ha- had me on the show. <laughs> somebody that li- somebody that has that is not Canadian. I'm an honorary Canadian now, All right. um, but uh, he is doing some amazing things. Lando is one of those guys that I think everyone sort of knows, but you should know more because he's so helpful and kind yeah. and uh, funny. It's just a lot of really positive stuff. But anyway, he's doing some amazing things. So go check out abstract abstract underscore blacksmith that's lando novak and at the time of this recording he has 2518 followers and he is a uh canadian blacksmith and artist welder fabricator mechanical technician shredder dad husband hoser (laughs) he's all of these things there it is so i'm gonna shout out stormlight forge here in a little bit i might be sitting down on an interview one-on-one with stormlight forge he's i met him at blade show he's a really cool dude um a lot of really fun stories with that guy. But he is doing these worry stones. He's always doing these worry stones. I love these things. And yeah, they're beautiful. Let's see. There's six of them that he just finished up that he's showing off. And, uh, yeah, they're made out of Baker Forge and Tool, which, of course, is the best steel out in the market. But, yeah, go check out Stormlight Forge um, at the time of this recording. I hit the he, – he did a collaboration on this post with uh, Baker Forge, and I've tried to hit his thing to check out. Okay, he's got two hundred or 2,976 followers. Darren Hiles? Hiles? Yep. Dang it. Yeah, there Darren Hiles, yeah. Yeah, go check him out. But Baker Forge and Tool, I mean, you got to check them out. Go ahead, and, go ahead and shout them out there, Brian. Yeah, if you're looking for a really super unique piece of steel that's affordable, that has been made by these master wizards, the warlocks of the workshop, BakerForge.com has the best, absolute, the best billets in the world. He has created, Coy Baker has created a workshop filled with the these amazing tools, power hammers, presses, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a laser gun in there somewhere. I'm sure there's some sort of particle accelerator. I don't even know how they do it. But if you watch any of their social media, find them at bakerforge.com, you'll quickly see how they can make this stuff. But I don't understand it. I don't have the time, energy, or money to buy all those tools. So you can buy a billet from them for as little as $100. And if you use the code WFI10, you'll get 10% off. And there's no limit. You can buy a thousand dollar piece of steel and save a hundred dollars if you want. Now they so actually check them out. they actually just came out with this really cool billet that is stainless steel with a ten eighty four core, uh, San Mai, and I believe the cheapest one was like seventy five dollars for a decent sized billet. Wow. So okay, hey, the okay. the price point is coming down. That's it's cool. That's the yeah. That's the stainless San Mai, and they uh, I don't know if you've seen the Mammoth Twist. Oh my gosh, it looks that? so cool. It's Insane. It looks like mammoth tooth. Yeah. I mean, if you throw mammoth tooth on the handle of that one, it's just going to be, I mean, something else. It's crazy. It's. I'm looking at it right now. I'm dumbfounded. I don't know how these guys do it. I really don't. This is insane. Anyway, go to their website, bakerforge.com, and then when you're ready to put a handle on it, or if you need some abrasives, you need a machine, you need... You need just to talk about your feelings. Call Lawrence Lake over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. <laughs> no, don't bother him with that shit. Call Brian Cohn and, um, yeah, for is. the discussion. I'm kidding, of course. But uh, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, 
They have everything you need to build a knife. From the steel, to the abrasives, to the pins, to the handle material, to the machines, to the kilns, to heat treat. You name it, they've got it. Lawrence Lake is a maker. Go support them. I absolutely love doing business with Lawrence and will do so forever, I'm thinking. So anyway, I appreciate you, Lawrence. Thank you so much for sponsoring our show, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, and tell Lawrence that Brian and Brian sent you. And actually, I just put in an order yesterday at Maritime um, for Kydex and Steel, so I'll be all I'll be all set on that stuff. Oh. And uh, yeah, uh, it's he what's crazy. Maybe maybe we should test them because I put in the order last <laughs> night. Maybe maybe we'll see. Check your front stoop because it's what's what the thing there. is is I I talk about all the time how his orders. I mean, he's shipping from Canada, but it still ships as if it's right here in the U.S. So yeah, there's no difference. It's you don't crazy see a difference. And like, you know, I'll put in an order. I mean, I'll put in an order on one day and three, maybe four days later. Sometimes it shows up. It's crazy. It's damn near Amazon times. Yeah, no, he's good at that. Getting stuff over. And also, um, I'm just on his uh, homepage right now and he's got a ton of really amazing stabilized wood yes. blocks and they're re- super reasonable. This one here I'm picking out is the um, Carillion Birch made by Oleg, which is the um, Oleg is the guy that makes all the stabilized wood and Dennis Terrell discovered him. Yeah. And now Oleg is supplying Lawrence with the best. I mean, this is the best. And if Dennis says it's the best, it's the best. best. It's the best. He doesn't screw around. So I'm like looking at this. I'm like, oh, I love this bright. It's called Bright Colors Carillion Birch. It's cool. And it looks like tie-dye kind of. It's really cool. And get this. It's $37. Yeah. Or actually, it's 40, $41.17 if you buy it in a block. So it's like it's super affordable. Yeah. I, it, I, yeah. Anyway, go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and tell Lawrence that we sent you. Now, before, uh, Brian, before we roll on ahead. to our Patreon stuff, do you have a dad joke to uh... – to brighten the end of the show. Oh man. Uh, let me check the Dado base. The Dado base. You know, uh, the Dado base. Uh, let's see. Dad joke of the day. I'm going to I'm just going to I'm just going to dad jokes that are actually funny. You ready for this? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> these are terrible. I I I I normally have a book or uh, I have the list and I just haven't, uh, I'm in, I switched up my studio, so I'm not recording at the shop anymore. My books are in the shop, so I don't have it. But, um, and some people have sent me some really funny ones and then I just, I just haven't um, cataloged them yet. Um, so my wife had told me, this is apropos. My wife just told me that I should do some lunges to stay in shape. Oh yeah. That would be a big step forward. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? What do you call him? Sophisticated. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. So, all right. So, let's switch over. Did you know that this show is is commercial free? Oh, I know for sure. When you listen to it, you don't hear commercials, right? Correct. Correct. Like you don't hear like some French dude screaming at you to buy their cheese and red wine and all that. I mean, honestly, hear, I would like hear to, nothing. I'd like to listen to the French guy screaming at me for cheese. So it'd be kind of fun <laughs> for a while there because you know we're a part of the makery and and Craig is <laughs> Craig is in Europe and he's in France actually. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so um, all the ads were like in German and Spanish and French. And it was like, so then what we did was we, we said, join patron. If you join our Patreon, we'll no longer need to run the ads because that'll help pay for all this. Right. So as of the, as of the time of this recording, um, I think we have, let me just see. We have active patrons. Are you ready for this? Give me that number. hundred. We have 141 wow. acti- active patrons at the moment. So we lost two. Oh. I don't know how that happened, but we lost two from last week. But um, but 
thank you so much to everybody who uh, pays in the $10.80 a year to keep the show commercial free. Um, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 141 people. And if you are a patron, you get to ask us a question and then we'll answer it in the after show. And then you get to hear us talk about whatever whatever the question was. Uh, okay, so we have a question. I've got a couple of questions, but uh, I'm going to pick one here. Ben Siegel from Ben's Pites. He says he appreciates our thoughts on major shop purchases. Mm. The kind that are larger than whatever you would consider a slush fund. I started mm. thinking, what can this do for me? How long do I have to pay myself back for this? Like, how do you... How do you justify a big a big shop purchase? Mm. Like a kiln, for instance. Yeah. Like when you buy a kiln, it's expensive. You know, you're talking a couple thousand bucks. Or a CNC machine. Or you a know, revolution. A rev- revolution's cheap. You can get in on a revolution. <laughs> super cheap. But you're right. It is. It's for some people, it's a lot of money. So it, it it's one of those things like how do you how do you look at it long term? And Brian and I are both in unique positions to answer this question. Yes, we are. And bring the valuable answers to you in the after show. Bring the Appreciate value. You guys. We're bringing the value. We're like Taco Bell. One podcast at a time. There it is. The dollar menu. The dollar menu. <laughs> the dollar menu. And give us that dollar over on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you in the after show. See you guys.